Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful future exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life, and for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topic and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. In this episode, we are going to talk about planning for 2022, and our guest is an accounting advisor to many business owners, where she's got some really excellent advice to share with you, our listeners. But first, we're going to hear from our show sponsors, J.A. Knutson CPAs and Sunbelt Business Advisors. Many business owners planning a business transition feel overwhelmed and don't know where to begin. The CPAs at JAK, John A. Knudsen & Company, can guide you to make sense of the numbers and tax pieces of your transition. Our firm was established over 90 years ago, and we have assisted many companies with ownership transitions. Leaving your business successfully takes time, so contact us today to discuss your situation. Visit our website at jakcpa.com. You wouldn't go deep-sea fishing without a guide, or skydive without an instructor. So don't sell your business without a broker. Now is a great time to sell a business. Many are selling at a premium. Contact a business broker at sunbeltminnesota.com or call Sunbelt Business Advisors at 612-455-0880 and get a free confidential business valuation so you'll know what your business might be worth. Because selling your business is the biggest financial decision you may ever make. There is a record number of buyers looking for businesses right now. It is a seller's market. You could list, sell, and get more for your business now and start the next successful chapter of your life. Call 612-455-0880 today or visit sunbeltminnesota.com. Minnesota's largest seller of companies. 612-455-0880, sunbeltminnesota.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here today with Kyla Hansen, who is a CPA and partner at J.A. Knudsen in the Twin Cities. Kyla, welcome back to Poised for Exit. It is great to have you on the show again. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, as I said in the intro, we are talking today about planning for 2022, and um, that is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I know it is for you, too. So hopefully we'll be able to pack in what we need to in our next 20 minutes or so of the show. And um, maybe we'll just cut right to the chase since there's so much good content and and um, you've got so much um, wisdom and advice to share with our listeners who really I'm sure are realizing that they need it going into the new year. Um, A lot of of, um, business owners have taken advantage of the PPP uh, money and, you know, round one, round two. And as you've experienced, as I've experienced, many of them have got a surplus now in their bank accounts. And so maybe we could just talk about some of the ways and that they can invest that money and use it wisely and some of the things that you've seen your clients do. Sure, absolutely. I've had some clients that are, like everyone, um, having some supply chain issues. Uh, for example, I have a client that's looking to buy a couple vehicles. And he was looking to buy them back in October and was told that they wouldn't be ready until fall of 2022. Wow. So obviously, put his order in. And then thinking additionally further than that, he knows he's going to need more for 2023. So putting deposits out for those now because 
Mm. It's just really crazy. I have another, another client that had a really great 2020 and 2021. They're in the outdoor recreation equipment arena. And now they're coming to a point that the inventory isn't coming out um, from the vendors and the vendors are actually starting to cancel some of their contracts for the, the goods they've ordered, which in turn is, is causing issues and they're having to return customer deposits because of mm-hmm. the orders. It's really crazy. Um, and, and for them planning, you know, for the new year, what does liquidity look like? How, how do they keep things moving and um, return these customer deposits? So it's a really, really unusual situation we're in. Yeah, it would be an unusual situation. And it's almost like if those deposits came in, they probably spent that money already on ordering supplies and equipment. And then that puts them into a a, a very tight cash position. So what do you recommend in a situation like that? I recommend that you you take take note of what's going on, um, come up with a budget and a forecast and look at maybe some additional um, financing available to you, such as, you know, maybe a larger line of credit. See if maybe there's some additional stimulus available for you, such as an employer uh, retention credit, similar to PPP, but different. The IRS website has a lot of FAQs on it if if you haven't heard of that yet, but it's pretty Mm. tough. Awesome. We should put that in the show notes for people to be able to access that quickly. Absolutely. For sure. And so when you talk about budgets and forecasting, unfortunately, I'm sure that you have witnessed this. I know I have where business owners don't necessarily follow a budget always. Maybe they do, but it might be one that they created a long time ago and it's no longer really relevant to what they're doing today. And then sometimes when it comes to forecasting, they're not always, they're not always exactly sure how to go about calculating that. And so having someone like you on their team is essential to being able to calculate numbers that actually make sense. And I think that there's one area that I've seen business owners kind of trip up on, and that's the difference between calculating a budget and a forecast. Could you speak to that for a little bit? Sure. So um, a forecast, think more crystal ball Mm -hmm. and and project out three to five years. And it's okay. You don't know. A lot of business owners I I work with are a little uneasy about doing a a forecast. I know. Um, but it's not perfect. A great way to start is what do you think your volume is? What margin do you think? Start with your overhead and same as last year and tweak it from there. In a budget, it, it's more a year to year thing where you say, I'm going to spend X on marketing. I'm going to spend, I have this much to spend on um, education, th- things like that. That'll help you make decisions as they come for that particular year. You can see how much how much did I set aside for this expense? Well, when we talk about forecast, um, we're also really aligning that, of course, with what our strategic plan indicates, right? What our actual objectives are, you know, where yeah. we want to be uh, revenue-wise in one year, three years, five years. And you're right, you know, there is it is kind of a crystal ball approach, but at the same time you're using some real real time information and and is there say for instance you are you're helping a client to calculate a forecast report is there a rule of thumb in terms of percentage 
Like say, for instance, do you bump it by 10% every year? How do you, how do you determine that? Yeah, I like to be conservative. Um, yeah. If things are chucking along, you know, all things considered equal, mm-hmm. 5% growth each year. Um, if it. you have contracts and backlog, I, you know, certainly would factor that in for, for what you know, and then have a, a, a spot for the unknown revenue that you think is coming in. Um, and, and it does help you align with your goals for the, for, for your company, but it also helps when you are looking to exit. If you have a track record of your forecasts and projections and how you actually performed related to that, that gives you a lot of credit in, in the people um, that are looking to potentially buy your company, because that's, that's one of the ways that companies are valued. Right. Really you're, buying an income stream and the better information you can give that person of what your income stream looks like. Yeah. The better off you are. But this is not the same as potential quote unquote, right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that I, I, um, I've heard that too. You know, sometimes business owners, especially today, I think over the the last year or so have really gotten to a point where they're questioning how much longer they want to stay in the game. And, and many, many times I hear, well, my company has great potential. And my question is, okay, well, what are you doing about it to prove that it has potential? Yeah. And the more you can document a story, um, the, the, the better that is as well. And, and in investing in yourself can also help show that potential. You invested in some technology to make you more efficient or, um, allow for um, more attraction of the workforce. Maybe you come up with a way that people can do work remotely and that's more attractive to, um, to getting those, the labor because that's a scarce resource right now. It is a scarce resource. So we'll get back to that in a second. But when you say invest in yourself, are you talking about the business owners themselves investing in, in their skills and knowledge? kind of all-encompassing. Invest in your employees and yourself for additional education. Invest in technology to make you more efficient. Costs are going up. Is there something you can do to your your product line to to make it flow better and reduce your costs that way? Is there some technology you're outdated in that that would help you? All, All of those types of things. I have one client that just bought a um, wood chipping packaging piece of equipment. Of course, it's going to take a while to get here, mm. but it's going to make them so much more efficient and make the jobs a little more attractive too, because nobody really wants to be doing that piece of it anyway. So it's it's a win-win for them. Awesome. Yeah, I think efficiency is super important. Gosh. And, and it almost sometimes it makes sense when business owners aren't really sure what does that look like going into the future. To have a specialist who who focuses on processes and systems and ways to be able to become more efficient and more effective, not just because we want to be able to keep up with rising prices, but you know part of the rising prices are in what we have to pay our workforce, and if we have workforce issues and just finding people, then maybe that means we need to be more automated. Do you have any clients that are experiencing that going through that? Yeah, absolutely. I have a new exciting technology piece that I haven't seen in action yet, but a restaurant, there's even a a local restaurant I've heard of 
that has acquired um, a robot, essentially, that will tables and bring food to the tables. Wow. And I think that is really interesting. And a, I'm it's expensive to buy, but yeah. um, I think the payoff is going to be great on that. Very creative. It is very creative, for sure. And even if the robot doesn't wait at the table, because sometimes that face-to-face human interaction right. is kind of important when it comes to going, especially to a fine restaurant. But, you know, if you could find a way for them to, you know, get engaged. And when I say them, I mean, robots, um, maybe as prep cooks or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, just, even if the robot follows the server around and they can put the dishes in on the table for the robot to bring to the kitchen. I mean, that would be a huge, huge help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Busing tables. Exactly. So as we were talking about workforce, um, getting into, this is interesting, talking about this kind of technology, but another problem that I know that you've seen, I've seen not only with my clients, but also with colleagues is this great resignation situation and um, trying to, trying to retain those key people, you know, within reason financially, right? Because replacing people is so expensive. So let, let, let's talk to that for a little bit. Yeah. So I think something we're, I think all of us are dealing with our, our new normal, the, the buzzword. And what does that mean? Um, for, for us, we're, we used to, pre-COVID, we used to have um, mandatory tax season Saturday in office days because that's the day we would be all be together because we go out to clients. And that's just the way it was. We're not going back to that. We realized you can use technology and do this remotely. And our employees are so happy that that's not coming back, that you know they don't have to come into the office for a half day. Mm-hmm. Um, so just finding ways to be flexible and embrace some of these changes that have occurred and, and look for ones that can stick around and, you know, you still... You st- still be flexible to a point. Um, I know we struggle with making sure we keep our culture intact through all yeah. of this. I was just and thinking. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of, that really helps with employee retention, just the the work environment and camaraderie. Mm-hmm. You can't always compete on salary. There's, there's a point. <laughs> right. Right. But, you know, like you said, that um, developing the culture and building it around what you're able to do, I think, uh, makes a lot of sense. Just to, And I know that business owners out there who are listening are going, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of tired of hearing about this culture stuff. I'm doing everything I can do. Right. And I'm sure that they are doing everything that they can do. Sometimes it makes sense to turn it around and survey the employees what else could we be doing, right? That we're not already doing. Um, yep. What are, you know, kind of even doing like a mini SWOT analysis, if you will. Like, like what are the strengths of our culture? Where are we weak? And right. where are the opportunities, right, that we could be taking advantage of that we're not? Yeah, and we actually worked that into our annual performance reviews with the staff. Um, we have them do a step, a self evaluation, and we added. Excellent. COVID type questions to the end, even, you know, what if we have you come back to the office two days a week? How do you feel about that? 
you know, what, what's working well, what isn't working well, all, all of those mm-hmm. pieces just to try mm-hmm. and brainstorm. Yes. I'm trying to remember which show it was. It wasn't the last episode, but it was maybe a couple of episodes ago where my guest was actually talking about, um, and I believe it was Kirby Sneen. He's the president of the Manufacturers Alliance organization here in the Twin Cities. And he was talking about recommending that his members conduct a retention survey, not an exit survey, right? Or an exit interview, but a retention Mm -hmm. interview. And, you know, what can we do to get better? What, what are some of the ways that we can make you happy? And we don't want it to be kind of a self-serving exercise, right? We want to be as authentic as we can and that we really do care. It isn't just about the bottom line, Um, but let's face it, boy, um, if we don't have good people and if we can't keep them, that's going to have a big effect on, on businesses going forward. So whatever we can do to help. And I think some of this advice is really awesome. When we talk about a financial perspective, what is it that business owners should be looking for and doing between now and, well, it is the end of the year, um, but closing out the year, we got a couple of days left. So, yeah. So I think it's wise. We're still in the COVID years now. Yeah. Highlight COVID in your financials as best you can while it's fresh in your mind, mm-hmm. going backwards and forwards. It just really helps paint that picture of anomalies. Um, you know, you had to buy safety equipment or you you got PPP funds. We just want to isolate those just so when people look back at your financials, it's easy to try and remove some of the COVID. You can't remove it all. Um, yeah. Even after narrative of I had supply chain issues, X, Y, Z, it just helps paint that picture. And if you're thinking of, you know, transitioning in the next three, five, seven years, Mm -hmm. get your financial house in order. Um, If you aren't receiving issued financials from a CPA, such as myself, Mm -hmm. um, like filed, audited, reviewed, I recommend you just start upgrading those services so that you have a good financial track record because those, those potential buyers are going to want some assurance on the numbers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you just um, highlighted three levels, right, of of what your firm could do to make it be more official. And mm-hmm. so if it's compiled or reviewed or audited, which of those three levels um, would you recommend for a business that is trying to get themselves ready? Say, for instance, they're two years out and they still have some time to clean things up, as you said, which is very important. Um, what, what would that, what would you recommend? If they're two years out, I would absolutely start with a compilation mm. and then jump to a review. Um, if not, do a, do two years of reviews. Compilation is basically taking the information, having an intelligent read and putting a report on it. Like this is, I think this is pretty good. It's pretty close. Um, whereas a review gets more into analytics and inquiry. And mm. then the A word everyone knows, audit, <laughs> where <laughs> right. very deep very in-depth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I, I recommend, you know, trading wheels, start out with a comp and then move up to a review. When we're talking about the transition or acquisition of a lower middle market company, are you seeing the primary um, requirement being a review or are you seeing audit be required? Maybe it depends, huh? I, I'm seeing more reviews in general, um, yeah. if not piled financials, sure. just because Unfortunately, auditors don't always catch the fraud because there's collusion and 
Mm. Um, you can get a lot done with a review and have pretty credible numbers, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's usually the direction we go. Good to know. Good to know. So if we're looking at the financials and things that we need to be thinking about and be aware of, you know, you had sure. said before that sometimes the stimulus can be hidden in the numbers and that they need to tell the story. Yeah. Yeah. So if um, you're working off tax returns, you know, either yeah. being a potential buyer or banking broker, you know, whatnot, um, the the retention employer reten- employee retention credits mm-hmm. are required to be netted with payroll on tax returns. So if you see a dip in, in there in the wages compared to the prior year, I'd definitely ask about that. I would ask anyway. Um, if you're, if you're, if they got any additional stimulus in the numbers and what they are, because you might have to do some digging. Another goofy tweak this year is something called the pass-through entity tax, PTE for short. Um, Minnesota, as well as Wisconsin, our neighbor, have um, put in the Schedule A workaround for a $10,000 cap on the Schedule A. And A lot of other states are following suit. And and the reason this is a new thing for 2021 is the IRS finally said, okay, New York and California, you came up with this business Schedule A workaround. We'll finally say that, yes, the state taxes are a business deduction and you can deduct them. So what this means um, is on financials and tax returns of S-Corps and partnerships, meaning 1065s, there could be a new tax that was previously a, a, a state tax that was previously a distribution. So be aware that, that that is something new coming into 2021. Well, that's just great. So any final thoughts or action steps that you'd like to share? I would say, you know, take a stab at doing a financial projection, um, three to five years, it's not going to be perfect. Be okay with that. Um, and really think about your goals for the next few years and consider how the supply chain may impact them. That's good advice. And I think that that's something that everybody's going to be thinking of, um, already at top of mind for sure. So thanks for being on the show again, Kyla, is there um, a specific way you want people to reach you? Um, is it your website that's the best or what, what would you say? Yeah, I would recommend just go out to our website, www.jakcpa.com. And under people, you'll find me with my phone number and my email address. Perfect. We'll have that in the show notes too, so people can find you very easily. For our listeners, you can find this and all previous episodes on the Poised for Exit website at poisedforexit.com, where you can also order a copy of my book, Poised for Exit. Please do share this program with your business owner, friends, and colleagues. We really appreciate you joining us, and please pop in again next time.